There's no secret formula for scaling support and boosting customer satisfaction. But there is the all-new service hub from HubSpot. It makes it infinitely easier to scale customer support and increase retention. By bringing service and support together in one powerful platform, you can deliver the best experiences for your customers and your teams. Free up time for your reps to focus on complex issues with an AI-powered help desk. Proactively drive retention with customer health scores that help keep your business ahead, stopping churn in its tracks. And give your entire go-to-market team the data they need to operate as one unified, powerful front. Also, you can better connect with customers and keep them happy. Secrets out. HubSpot Service Hub is a game changer. Visit HubSpot.com service to do more for your customers today. Good morning, everyone. It's Thursday, August 17. I'm Juliet Bennett-Ryla here with Ben Berkeley, and this is The Hustle Daily Show. Today, we're going to talk about why employers, including school districts, are building housing for their workers. But first, let's talk about what else is happening in the world of business and tech. Google is reportedly partnering with Scale AI to build a bot that can offer life advice, tutoring, and planning help. That makes us wonder if anyone has been dumped because an AI said so, and if not, who the first will be. Lobby groups repping cable, fiber, and DSL companies claim the FCC's requirement to list all fees up front is just too hard. They would rather offer a maximum possible amount or the usual wishy-washy language of fees may vary based on jurisdiction, blah, blah, blah. Yes, we're not feeling too bad for them. This does feel like a situation where you could then, by their logic, just say that paying all the fees is too hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sounds fair to me. Speaking of paying for things, TweetDeck used to be TweetDeck. It was acquired by Twitter in 2011. If you use the platform, you know it's pretty handy. But now it is X Pro and it requires an $84 a year X premium subscription. So that's a bummer. But uh, on the bright side, you do get one of those blue check marks. So there you go. The IRS said it used an $80 billion infusion to bump full-time staff to 90,000, clear backlogs and streamline customer service. During 2023's tax season, the average call wait time dropped from 28 minutes, which is far too long, to just three. Wow. I, this seems like a great opportunity for us to just take this playbook and apply it to every state's uh, Department of Motor Vehicles. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Vietnamese EV maker VinFast had a big NASDAQ debut with its market cap exceeding Volkswagen and Ford. But its daily reality is actually a little less glamorous. It is losing billions of dollars. It delivered only 19,000 vehicles. And its SUV pulled a rough road and track review of, quote, simply unacceptable, end quote. Yeah, this is one of those interesting situations where there's so much on potential, but the reality of this company is just not there. Of course, this is a subsidiary of one of the largest conglomerates in Vietnam. It's owned by one of the wealthiest people in the world. So I think there's a lot of uh, faith that it can get over its current woes, but it is definitely not making the grade in the States so far. But this hopefully gives them a chance to get their woes behind them. All right. And finally, New Jersey officials fined Boston Market $2.6 million and ordered 27 locations to close after an investigation found numerous workers' rights violation, which includes over $600,000 in back pay owed to 314 workers. Wow. <laughs> 
that's a, it's a rough, that's a rough one. Yeah, I haven't even seen a Boston market in years. So I was surprised to learn that not only were there 27, apparently in New Jersey at least, but that they were in big trouble. On to our main story today, we are going to talk about housing. In particular, we're going to talk about why some employers, apparently including school districts, are building homes for their workers. Uh, Ben, what's going on there? Oh, there's a lot going on in this space. So (sighs) I think it's really important that we start with just the basics that there are over 36,000 teacher vacancies in the U.S. right now which is really steep, obviously not surprising given the pandemic was really rough on teachers. And that was already, it's already a, a, an industry where we know that that is a chronically underpaid profession. But now you add in the fact that housing is for everyone out of control. It's especially hitting this space hard. So mm-hmm. what I had seen was an Axio story saying that in 15 of the largest U.S. cities since 2017, the cost of renting a one-bedroom apartment increased 22%. The cost of buying a home increased 40%. Teachers' starting salaries in that time only went up 15%. So it has somehow gotten even harder to uh, find an affordable place to live if you're living on a teacher's salary. And now what we're seeing across the country, a lot of school districts, they either have recently built, are building, or are planning now to build housing complexes for its teachers, hoping that this will allow them to attract talent. And so this is going to be, I think, a really big trend coming up in the public sector. But we wanted to look at, are there examples in the private sector where this is happening? And we did find some, including one dairy farm in Wisconsin, which is uh, taking care of housing for about half of its 75 employees. And it's really paying off for them. They saw their their turnover rate come down under 1%, which is really saying something given that the national industry average there showed it at 38.8%, which is really costly for their business having to constantly retrain employees. So providing housing seems to be a really big win for certain companies when you're fighting against labor shortages. I think I've also heard of some pretty large companies. I think Amazon had maybe talked about building housing for employees. I know at one point Microsoft was looking at building affordable housing in in the Seattle area. It kind of reminds me of like the company town, which of course can go really poorly if that company decides it no longer wants to be there. Or, you know, you kind of, what is that story about like owing your your life to the company store? (laughs) Like everything is your job. Absolutely. I think you're seeing a lot of different attempts to make this work. And Mm -hmm. I think that's something that's really interesting within the school districts uh, that are doing this is that there are a lot of different ways of uh, tapping into public-private partnerships, uh, doing some some of these complexes in in tandem with nonprofits, uh, trying to use some unused district land, which is often tax-free. I think there's a lot of different approaches to this problem And I imagine that we're going to see a lot of case studies coming up in the near future that really help to crack this code where you're not simply just building, you know, kind of what you're talking about, that like company town situation where if something goes poorly within that business, then suddenly the entire region is in trouble. I think what we're going to see a lot of in this case also injecting some level of affordable housing that can be controlled and by a certain industry into areas that are just impossible. 
not to pick on the Bay Area here, but that was one example that was really notable in all of this was seeing that, say, on a teacher's salary and in San Francisco, they adjust for cost of living. The average teacher salary is pretty solid. I believe it's just under $80,000, but cost of living so high that that would still have most teachers. I think the calculation was it would take most teachers 30 years in order to afford a down wow. payment on a house. You know, it would be about 50%. I believe what counts as like the affordability line is mm-hmm. if your housing costs are around more or less than 30% of your of your salary. In San Francisco, we're looking at the average teacher, about 50% of their salary going to housing under current averages. And so that's not sustainable no. in any way. Yeah, and that's, it's just so unfortunate when you think about teachers living so far away from the communities that they actually are a part of, because that's really not how you make a community. You know, when you think of a community, it's like the people that work here tend to live here and I might see them outside of work and, you know, they would be involved in decision making, but that's just not possible in some of these cities where the cost of living is so high. Yeah. And, and that's also not to pick on high cost of living cities. There's also, this is a situation where you kind of lose on both sides because in a lot of places where the cost of living isn't high, the teacher salaries are also really low. So you're looking at, you know, a place like Wichita, Kansas or Cheyenne, Wyoming. Those are also places where that affordability line has been crossed. And, you know, over 30% of teacher salaries are going to housing. That's not also going to be sustainable. And so I think this is where, again, we're going to just have to see where this plays out. But If you are an employer and you're struggling to find people, this is going to be a playbook that I imagine a lot of industries will have to look toward just finding a way to get an edge in a really tough labor marketplace. Right. About a year ago, we actually wrote in the hustle about a town called Pella in Iowa. It has a population of about 10,000 people. So it's actually, you know, it's a it's not a large city and it is (laughs) the biggest employer. There is Pella Corporation, which makes windows and doors. And they actually spent $30 million essentially turning it into a desirable place to live. They invested in housing, childcare, restaurants, an indoor entertainment center. They're building a rec center, which I think is really interesting. A town being or a a corporation or a company saying, okay, my headquarters is in a place that no one wants to live because there's nothing here. I guess I'll build it. And it seems to be working out for, for Pella. Yeah. I mean, I think this is a start. And I, I think that especially, you know, as we head toward a new school year, this is this is a problem. And hopefully this is a solution that a lot of districts will find success with. And then we can close that gap. All right. That's going to do it for us today. Thank you for tuning into the Hustle Daily Show. We're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today is Ezra Trupiano and our executive producer is Darren Clark. We've got a lot more tech and business coverage in our newsletter. If you're not subscribed, you can do so over at thehustle.co slash email. And we'll see you tomorrow. Hey, everybody. I got a great podcast to tell you about. It's called Truth, Lies, and Work. And it's brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. On this show, you can join husband and wife team, Alan, Leanne, Elliot, as they dispel myths, impart wisdom, and answer all your questions about finding, keeping, and motivating great people. They actually just did an episode with John Smith, 
who is the manager and agent of famous Argentinian soccer player Diego Maradona. He talks about in this episode how he was able to manage the global superstar athlete celebrity that Maradona is and was. It's a great listen. You better get out there and check it out. And you can listen to Truth, Lies, and Work wherever you get your podcasts. 